0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is my conversation with Travis Clark, who is the front man for a band called We The Kings. The reason for the conversation was to promote the band's then-upcoming tour of Australia, which occurred through January and February of 2018. Let's see what Travis has to say. Here we go.
1: Hey, how's it going, Andrew?
0: This is Travis. Hey, mate. How you been travelling?
1: I have been fantastic. Uh just uh, going through the day. It's, it's nighttime here in, uh, in Florida, so I understand oh, cool. it's the morning for you guys.
0: <laughs> it is, it is, mate. We're so, in the future. Yeah, we're in the up. future. <laughs> and, uh, mate, you're at home from the sounds of things, because you are from Florida, aren't you? Uh,
1: I am from Florida. I'm, I'm at home right now, just uh, sitting in the studio that I built in my house.
0: Oh, good on you, mate. All right. Well, look. Um, I'll kick things off just in the interest of time, mate. And I'm sure. I'm, I think I'm the last one. So, how have the uh, the Aussie I call it the Aussie phoner grind? How's the Aussie phoner grind been treating you?
1: Uh really good, actually. Um, it's uh, I, I'm kind of like a talker, so I think people get in like three questions and then just like you know eight minute answers or something <laughs> like that. Uh, but it's good. They've they've all uh, I was just saying, like, you know, if every question was the same, I would have wanted to do, like, a press conference or, you know, sort of vibe, but it's cool. Every, um, every outlet has been a little different, you know, in, in the way that they've asked things. So, you guys have treated me very well.
0: Cool, mate. All right. Well, I'll try and keep it as fun, as interesting as I possibly can. But, look, I've got to ask the one question that I'm sure everybody's asked you thus far, and that is that you are touring Australia in February. Can you tell us about the show that you're bringing to Australia?
1: Yes. Um, So we essentially, when we were talking about uh, the kind of schedule of touring that we were going to be doing in 2017 and 2018, we wanted to have uh, a show that was different from everybody else's. And just so happened to be that it is the 10-year anniversary of our very first album, um, the self-titled We The Kings album. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like in the wake of bands doing that type of... uh, nostalgic, uh, niche-style tour. So I was like, why don't we do that? Why don't we do a world tour um, from that 10-year uh, album or, or from the album that we did 10 years ago and take it around the world and just kind of, as, as our way to say, like, thank you to the fans that know about that album. Thank you to the fans that kind of uh, started this band and, and made it everything um, that we've become uh, so far. You know, and uh, it, it's interesting because, this will be the first time that we've played some of these songs from the first album ever. in in our lives, you know, from the beginning of this tour. So we, um, there are songs that we haven't played since we recorded them because at times, you know, right when we first started the band, we released the album and we were opening, you know, doing opening sets for the first couple of years. And we only had about, you know, 30, sometimes 40 minutes to play, uh, at each show that we were opening for or direct supporting for. So if our album was 43 minutes, you know, ideally there was a couple songs that we probably wouldn't be able to play if we played everything without saying a single word. And so that's just naturally we, we, there were some songs that we didn't get to play and some songs uh, that we, we um, weren't able to are, are some fans' favorite songs. So it'd be cool to actually play some of the songs that, that fans really connected with that we haven't been able to play as if they were singles. Um, but also, you know, we have been a band for, for 10 years and we've been continuing to release music pretty much every other year, uh, since that first album. So it'll also be a good chance for us to kind of kind of keep everybody up to date with, with what we've been doing and, and with, um, with the new music that we, that we have in store, but also, uh, the music that is, not as old as the first album.
0: Yes, um, and mate, your relationship Australian with Australian audiences over the years. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: I, it, it's one of the, the places that I, I feel is the closest to the states, and I only mean that in a way when we tour the states. I I don't feel like I'm gone. You know, I, I feel like I'm very at home. I don't feel like I'm far away from my actual house. And, um, and I, I, I know when we go to Australia, it's, it's actually, it's very reminiscent of that. Um, I think it's the people, you know, I think it's, uh, um, the friendliness that that we've come to know. Um, I also think that us being from Florida, you know, we're, I, I grew up in a beach town. I live in a beach town now. Um, I, and I think that that vibe is very similar to, uh, most of most of the Aussies that we've been able to, you know, to meet and, and hang out with and, and others that have, you know, been fans of the music. I, I think that's why, you know, our music maybe connects, uh, better than some bands that have had a tough time in Australia. But I just feel like every time that we go, it's nobody, nobody gets bored of us coming and, in and, and it leaves us wanting to come back every single time. And I know that there's tours that we've done in the States where, um, you know, we're excited to go back home versus, you know, not come back. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think that says so much about about the people of Australia and New Zealand. Just, everybody's so uh, so wonderful. That every time we come to play, we always want to come back.
0: Yeah, I agree with, I agree with the comment that you made. I, I do find that people from Florida and from California – when you talk about the relationship you have with Australia, it's almost been universal. Talking to Aaron from Underoath as well, you probably know him. He spends, um, whenever he tours, he spends yeah. a lot of time over here surfing. And he was actually talking about one of my local beaches here, Burley Beach. Um, so it's almost there's this camaraderie and kinship born of the fact that we all live in a different part of the world, right? But it's very similar. The the, the geography is very similar. Right, exactly. Our yeah. and, and I live in...
1: Uh california and florida so i literally got I see got both and aaron and i we're we're both uh we're both rang us so um it, it, maybe it's just a redhead thing yeah.
0: so. <laughs> so let's let's talk about your 2007 self-titled album because it is held in very high regard by many fans and even critics and for mine mate you're actually ahead of the change curve on that album so a lot of that sort of music that you released back then started to become popular about five or six years after the fact. But mate, now 10 years on, how important is that album in the band's canon work? work? Is Is it. Is it still the essential album from We The Kings?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, you know, we. Uh, I, I always say this when I talk to the rest of the guys about, you know, because there's, there's times that we'll put out an, an album and, and, you know, we'll be like, why, why isn't this connecting the way that we thought it would? And, and I think what it is, what, I've, what and this isn't facts, this is just my opinion on how the music industry works with, with having fans. And there's never going to be a time that you hear a band, let's just say We the Kings for now, there's never going to be a time after you've heard of We the Kings that will be new. You know, so if you heard about us from that first album, from our debut album, there's, it will be very, very difficult for us to release an album that to you or to whoever's listening uh, is better than that album that you first. Because you have an emotional connection with that music and that, you know, when something, when, when you have no idea of what it would sound like or no preface of what it should be and there's no expectation, when we put out our first album there was no expectation that it should be, you know, a chart topper and no expectation that it should be, you know, sell hundreds of thousands of copies or or have singles on the radio from it. There was no none of that expectation. So people were able to listen to that album free and clear in their head. And that will never ever happen again, um, for for our band once you've heard of We the Kings. So I think this album will always be the the uh, most impactful record that we'll put out to so many people. You know, now, as, as time goes on, and, and, you know, hopefully we'll stay a band for the rest of our lives, and, you know, we can have the same conversation in 10 years and then in 20 years and 30 years. You know, there's going to be a time where it shifts, and, and the people that listen to our music are not really going to shows anymore, but um, there's this new wave of, you know, middle school and high school and college kids who who are listening to music and they might find out about we the kings from the new stuff that we're putting out and check yes juliet and skyway avenue and of valentine those songs might be a foreign idea to those people so i think until that happens um it will always be you know our, our most you know the, the the record that that i think we put most of our value in and um and i don't know i, I think that's you know not only to the fans but it's our first time that, like, we'll never we'll never feel that feeling again of walking into the studio for the very first time yeah. ever and awesome. walking into a really nice studio of people that are there to work to create music for, for our band. So um, there's nothing like that very first feeling. There's, you know, the saying of there's nothing like first love, there's nothing like the first kiss. Like, that's true <laughs> beyond yes. the romance. You know, it's true for musicians as well, and, and I think that's why. And a lot of bands, uh, you know... Uh, unfortunately they kind of forget that, you know, they want to come out and tour and only play their new stuff or only play the stuff that they like and to each their own. But I think when you're having fans, when you have fans, you kind of hold the responsibility to, uh, to play the music that kind of nurtured them into the genre of music that you're playing. So um, for us, it is absolutely 100% that record. And, you know, we hope to have music that people can, can grow with and, and learn and, and, you know, learn to love. But we do know, and, and we're very conscious of the fact that there's no We the Kings album that will be quite like our first album.
0: I reckon that's such an important point you raise because you do hear it not all the time, but often enough that bands seem to really want to promote their new material because they think it's essential, but I think they miss the point that fans hold the records that either first broke or were first released in the highest regard now um i'm not ratting on iron maiden here i'm a big fan of iron maiden but bruce and some of the members of iron maiden have been very strong in coming out in the media and going look we're not a nostalgia act. we're going to be playing songs from our new album we, we're actually going on tour to support our new album now look that's fair enough but with all due respect to bruce and the members of iron maiden and um the manager rod smallwood i think 98 percent of fans are there to hear the classics
1: Right. Because otherwise you can't call it classic rock. (laughs) Otherwise, it's just rock. Uh, And it's actually funny that you said that, because that was our first tour in in Australia was uh, Soundwave. And we would fly in to each city, and uh, Flight 666 would be sitting on the tarmac. (laughs) Um, They were the headliners of of our year of Soundwave. And I got to talk with Bruce a little bit, I had no idea he was a pilot, and and all this stuff. And it was really cool talking with somebody who's done that. But what I will say is I think that it's important to the fans that if you are going to do that, if you are going to say like, Hey, we're we're going to uh, do this tour in support of a new album. I think it's really important to tell fans, like, at least they did that, you know, first, at least they said like, Hey, we're going to be playing new music. Um, That's, that's fine. But it's, it's when, it's when they say like hey iron maiden's touring so the 98% of their fan base is going to hear all the classic hits um, and when they don't play all of them because they're you know playing a lot of new stuff or what then the fans i feel like they they feel kind of um sold you know and and yeah, that never I think, yeah. so for, for for us you know it's uh you know this this uh you know we're calling it—the 10-year um, anniversary tour—because we're playing every single song off that album. But at the same time, we're going to play—you know—we're going to play songs off our second album, our third album, our fourth album, our fifth album, and new songs that we're releasing next year. So everybody's going to get like a really nice mix. But if you're a core fan of We the Kings from that first album, you will hear every single song from that album, and that's always been really important to us to never forget where we came from. Um, and I don't—I don't mind being a nostalgia act. You know, I. I am very, you know, very aware that Check Yes Juliet uh, was one of our biggest yeah, songs. Yeah, that's a big one, yeah. If not our, our biggest. And just because, you know, we haven't put out a song that's been able to do um, what, what that at that time doesn't mean that, you know, uh, that we are the band Check Yes Juliet. You know, we're still We The Kings. We still put out a ton of music that I absolutely love. You know, we have uh, platinum records from, from uh, six of our other songs. And, uh, but it's just, it's, it's what I was saying. It's that emotional thing. Like check yes was our first, you know, that was, uh, that was our first girl that we have ever slept with. That's like the idea of that. That's like the first, uh, kiss, the first love, the first everything. So, you know, it would be, you'd be kind of blind to not appreciate that and respect it, um, to, you know, to play forever.
0: Cool, mate. Look, I'll, I'll make this my, my final question. The band's lineup has been very consistent and I think you've only had a change in bass player. So you've only really had the single change and that's a change in bass player, but you've added a rhythm guitarist along the way. What do you put the stability down to? Are you all just really nice guys or is it, to be honest, just
1: luck? I, I, there's, I mean, there's definitely luck in, in everything that we've done, but um, you know, I, I don't know if it's one thing that I can really pinpoint because we've been on tour with a bunch of amazing bands that that seem like really great friends and seem to be very financially successful and seem to have all the ingredients uh, that it takes to be in a band forever. But, you know, I I don't know what it is. I, um, you know, I, I love the rest of the guys in the band. I have no ill will or no grudge or no, you know, resentment towards any single one of the band members. They know more about me than, you know, than pretty much my family uh, and, and vice versa. And I think that we're all very open with each other. When we don't like something, we say it. When we like something, we say it. Um, I do know we're lucky to be a band uh, that's been around for 10 years, um, but we've worked really hard to that. You know, we've worked... Uh, you know, we, we don't really have much downtime. Uh, we're always writing music. We're always um, doing other, other things, and it's, it's never nobody's ever been chained to this band. You know, we we always say like, Hey, family first. Um, uh, when, when, when this band does whatever it does, so, you know, Hey, if you can't do this tour because, you know, your wife's having a baby or, or you're having some, you know, personal issues, like go do that, you know, like, uh, we'll wait for you. You know, we'll, we'll always respect the, the family first vibe. I think that's always been something that has kept us, uh, kept us going, you know, longer. And, you know, we, we've never even had like, never even had a moment where we've been like, Oh man, we're not going to make it after this. Like it's never, ever gotten that bad. You know? um, and so I think a part of that is, like you said, I, I think it is lucky. We're definitely lucky, but um, you know, just the honesty of, of being true brothers to one another um, is definitely one of the main ingredients that we've had to, to the longevity that we've had.
0: Yeah, I really like the way you've explained that because I do think being in a band is a camaraderie and because you are all blokes is a brotherhood really, isn't it? And, mate, I've got to pay you a compliment. You sound like as though you've got an extraordinarily level head, you know, for a rock and roll musician. Most people that I speak to obviously do, mate, but it really sounds like you're grounded and you're in touch with the reasons for your success and you're also very in touch with what your fans want. Uh,
1: I appreciate that. A lot of that's my my wife. she uh, and, And my kids, you know, they... My, my two daughters, like, I've learned more about what it means to be a, a man from, uh, from you know, have, being a being an adult and being a parent. You know, when when I'm on the road, I'm signing, you know, autographs and playing in front of thousands of people and, you know, changing guitar strings. And then when I come home, you know, I'm waking up at 3 in the morning to, you know, not to have shots with my, my friends. I'm waking up at 3 in the morning to you know, change a dirty diaper and things, you know, so it's, it's very humbling. And I've honestly, I've learned more about what it means to be a man, um, and, and how to be so grateful for everything that we have, you know, grown to come, uh, or to have that it's just, it is you know, not, not telling everybody like, Hey, you know, go become a uh, parent <laughs> so that you can figure out how to be level-headed. But, uh, it's, a, it's what the, the biggest change in my life is, is that, you know, I definitely went through my egomaniac you know, moments where I probably thought I was better than everybody else, but that that road ends very quickly, and it's very lonely at the end of that road. So, um, you know, I'm I'm grateful to to have become the person. I really appreciate the compliment because more than music, I would, you know I'm still a human being, and you know I, I would want people to know that first and foremost. So,
0: well, I reckon I reckon you guys would be it. the I reckon you guys would be the ultimate band to support on a tour. So, whoever the bands are that are supporting you in Australia, mate, I reckon just if they're listening to this, because I do host a podcast episode and I'll publish this as a part of that, but if the bands that are uh, supporting you and any bands that get the opportunity to, to support you and play alongside of you, mate, if they can get an audience with you for 10 or 15 minutes and just get some of the stuff that you've got, some of the wisdom you've got, go for it, because you you know, you know haven't just survived the industry, you've thrived in it.
1: Yeah, and, and we always offer that up too. because We were those kids that uh, that just looked at everything with... Would bright, open eyes and, and just wanted to be a sponge and learn from everybody, you know, everybody's do's and don'ts and mistakes and successes. So, if any, if, you know, if we can help out one person or, or one other artist or band member uh, by sharing some of the knowledge that we've, you know, grown to to learn, then, uh, then I, I love that, you know, I love the idea of being able because more than, you know, our band is a brotherhood, but being in music, like it's it's not always easy, and I think if uh, you know if we can help somebody that, who's going through a hard time or a confusing time of of what their band needs to be doing, um, then I think it's that's the brotherhood that we owe other artists and, and other bands is to you know to be able to sit sit them down and you know say like hey here's what worked for us it might not work for you but you know it's worth a try.
0: Yeah, no worries, mate. Look, on that note, I'll let you uh, get back to what you're doing, mate. Thank you so much for the chat. It's been a very, it's been an awesome chat, really. It has been all the very best on your Australian tour as well.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with Travis Clark, the fella out the front of the band We the Kings. Thank you so much for listening.